Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a truly inspirational guest with us. Yes, I'm talking about Alan Demoncons. Welcome to the show Alan. Ah, hi Avik. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Great, great, lovely. So Alan, like before we start our conversation, I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that uh, Alan is a beacon of wisdom and the purpose serving as the purposeful men action so it's why i'm saying it's men because it's mentor for the awakened man movement it's it's a, it's a great thing yes and throughout his remarkable journey he has experienced the full spectrum of life's highs and the lows so he has tested the sweet victory of the culinary olympics only to face the bitterness of losing it all twice but it's not the setback that define allen it's its resilience and unwavering commitment to living authentically so today his mission is very clear like he guides men on a path of self discovery and empowerment and also helping them rediscover their uh, life's purpose so he is uh, developed a powerful action plan called the return of the king which sets the stage for each man's hero's quest a journey of self realization and the fulfillment so as uh, he wisely puts it like there are three ways uh, we learn wisdom so it's through reflection imitation um, and the experience so the journey of the wisdom and the purpose often requires us to confront uncomfortable truths and alan is no stranger to that so he is wrestled with the imposter syndrome and also navigated the turbulent waters of the divorce and the bankruptcy and also rebuilt his identity after almost losing his second marriage and ultimately embraced life's experiences through the purposeful action so today we i mean we are here and alan uh lives as a conscious and centered man and he is dedicated to inspiring others especially men to lead lives filled with the purpose and the passion so through his mentoring teaching and guidance he empowers men to become the best version of themselves 
and not only for their own benefit but also for their families and the communities as well so let's dive into this story his story his insights and his transformative journey and welcome to the show ellen again ah thank you so much once again abek looking forward to it to this conversation great great lovely so alan like uh, i have read your bio and uh, read your journey so your journey has taken you from the highs of olympic glory to the lows of losing it at all um, not once but also twice so if you could share some of the moments and the lessons from this roller coaster ride of the life oh absolutely you know back in uh, as a young man i can remember one of the things that i truly fell in love with was cooking and so as i started my and looked at my career and what did i want to do for a living you have to remember when i was doing this this was back in the mid 80s and uh, there wasn't anything like a food tv or a bobby flay or an iron chef going on and so the things that really attracted me to this journey of wanting to to be creative and make things with my hands and to serve truly serve people was in the field of being a chef and so i fell in love with the, with guys like graham care here in north america we had a show called the galloping gourmet and he would make these classic french dishes in the afternoon i would race home to watch the episode to see what it is that graham was going to be making and and it really really set the foundation and then as my career progressed and i was very blessed and fortunate to be able to work with a mentor who was competing on the culinary olympic team and i had never heard of this thing before an olympic a culinary olympic team i had heard of the olympics everybody has heard of that but not really understood that aspect of the of of the culinary field and while i took an opportunity to really lean into and learn so much about what it means to be to be prepared and to and to put the effort and the and the action in order to be able to create amazing products for food and not and do that just here but then to fly over to germany because the olympics were he- are held in frankfurt germany and to be able to compete there over the course of several days i can remember going 3 days with literally no sleep to be prepared to put in our entry pieces for the olympics and what i learned about myself there's i learned that uh, there was lots of battling and we talked in the intro there a little bit about the imposter syndrome and and i felt could really feel that that way for me in in the struggle what took me to make the time and the effort and the energy my mentor could do in a flash it would just seem so natural for him and yet for me i had to really struggle and grind and work to be able to put out the the product and and so all that energy was really focused on the one aspect of my life but i was also at the time married to my high school sweetheart and we just our newborn son had just been had just been uh, joined us and with with us and it was about four he was about four months old when i left to go to uh, germany for the competition and i can tell you the the stress and the anxiety of being of competing and then knowing that my my new wife my wife and my newborn son had to struggle with things on their own that it put so much pressure on everything on on everything and while i was so successful in in that that was in the early 90s it wasn't more than about a year and a half later that everything crumbled everything just fell apart person in my personal life and it's because i don't think i really understood how to handle uh, success on one ass side of my life as well as taking on the responsibility of being a, of being a now a new father and raising a family 
And so the challenges really came pouring in for us. And it was just in around that time as well, that our second son was, she became pregnant and, and uh, my wife became pregnant and, and our second son was on the way and things just totally fell apart. Our, our marriage fell apart. The, uh, we ended up by ultimately splitting up and that's when the bankruptcy came in and it really set me on a low, low path, a very, very deep, uh, a really deep depression for a number of years. And I didn't really recognize that until later on in life. And so that's really the start of what, how I started to look at personal development and started to ask, ask myself the question, how could someone be so successful in one aspect of their life yet in other parts they can be, they can flounder so, so much. And it's really what started my journey on really trying to understand who I was as a person and what I could do to become better. That's, uh, that's, that's really, I, I believe uh, there's a lot to learn from this and I hope people will definitely look into this or whosoever needs uh, this advice. I, I, I hope listeners that there's a lot to, a lot of things to learn from here. So uh, going forward, like, <clears throat> How did you uh, manage, like, this is also a very uh, important thing. Like, how did you manage to overcome these challenges you faced? Because uh, what I understand, like, uh, going through these phases, understanding those phases, and also uh, when there are a lot of pain, a lot of uh, struggles, a lot of uh, uh, issues, overcoming them is also a very good challenge good number of challenge so what actually kept you going during those tough times yeah that's a great question what really started me going on that was as i had mentioned it was really about once i asked the question well how could someone be so successful in one aspect and not in others what it forced me to do was the 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 answer to that question really is well what do i value in the different aspects of my life. And I call them pillars, life or life pillars. And so, so I started to look at what do I truly value? And what do I say about my financial perspective? Because at the time I was, I, we were, we, we claimed bankruptcy. How am I, at, what do I value? And how do I, what do I feel about myself from emotionally, physically, spiritually, professionally, and in all my relationships. And the truth of the matter is, is what I recognized is that doing, I did uh, a little value assessment. We became trained in, in NLP, you know, Tony Robbins made that famous with his work. And uh, so I became licensed as a hypnotherapist and NLP. And I really did the work more for myself than it was to go out into the world until much later to, uh, to do this work today. And what I learned in, the, in an exercise in there was really being able to analyze our values. And so it was a, val- it was a hierarchy of, of values exercise that I went through. And I would be able to take a bunch of words that I would use to distill down to, this is what I, this is what I truly value about finance. And then I would compare that to what are my actions around that? So if I truly feel, and, or if I truly value being that, that wealth is important for me, how am I spending my money? How am I investing? How am I, how am I handling money? What is my, what are my, what's the energy that I put towards it? Am I fearful of it? Am I, am I afraid about, about do how money happens? Do I have limiting beliefs? And I did, I had a big limiting belief because in my home, the, the common phrase was money doesn't grow on trees. And I'm the oldest of five. And so I remember those lean, lean times of being, of not having a lot of money in my household and how that 
those things just in that one aspect had really embedded itself into my psyche and who I was. And it really started to filter in in other aspects. And so when I started to understand that what I said that I valued and I matched that up with what my actions were, when there was there's I soon realized that there was lots of disconnection. I was very dissociated between those two those two pieces. And when that became the realization, then I understood better that okay, well that what I'm, my actions are saying that this is what's really important. yet I'm saying I'm the words I'm using are completely different. And as soon as that work started to happen, then life started to change for me. And soon I was able to, you know, within a few years, I was able to be able to afford to get a, a, a proper home to stay in, to be able to start a new relationship with, the, with my current wife and really start to raise the level that I was showing up. But I wasn't quite there just yet. And I think we'll probably get into that second half of that story in a little bit. I understand. So, um, the term resilience often comes to mind when we uh, think about the individuals who face setbacks and also uh, bounce back stronger. So how did you nurture your resilience through your experiences? Yeah, great question. I think the thing with resilience is, is that when we, it's all a matter of changing our frame, our, the frame that we put around our experiences. What I, what I used to say is that if I, if I couldn't do something and be first, or be the best, then I didn't want to do that. Now that was at a very young age. And then what ends up by happening is that you never get an opportunity to challenge yourself. You never get an opportunity to lean into it. And so my experience through the culinary Olympics really taught me on what resilience was like, because as I said, had mentioned earlier, I really felt that I was the, that the work that I had to do was so much more challenging than what my peers are. Now that was my perspective. That wasn't necessarily their reality either. But when you come in from that place, then if you're not willing to put yourself out there, you ha- you really have no opportunity to practice resilience. And resilience to me is like a muscle. It's like if you don't have an opportunity to practice it, then how do you end up by developing it and having it become more and may have it become more of that catalyst to move you forward? And so what does that look like? Well, what it looks like is when you take an opportunity to start a new business and you're not sure about about whether or not you're going to be successful. Well, this is probably the fourth business that I've leaned into over the course of the years in my 50 odd years on this planet. And this one is just much different. It's because I've been able to build resilience from failures of the past. And failure is not in the sense that it was that it was a bad thing. It was such a great learning experience. It really it gave me the opportunity to hone skills, to be able to build up the opportunity opportunity within me to be able to really take on more and more challenge. And so the moment that that, that all of those moments from the past be able to came to culminate into what I'm doing today really is because I was able to practice and build on that resilience piece. And I think a lot of people think that resilience just happens. It's something that should just be there, but I just haven't found that to be my, my truth over the years and working with, working with men, I find those of us that, that, challenge ourselves on each, each each and every day we learn to build strength strength to be able to push through you know the the true true success comes from when you really don't want to do something and then you challenge yourself to do it and then you get it done and when you do have those moments and that happens do you re- recognize just how proud you are how great you feel about yourself 
because you were able to push through. You're no longer that other person. You're this, you're starting to evolve into something much greater. Yeah. So in this, like, how do you inspire others to unleash their passion, purpose, and the power? Uh, like any examples of the stories you want to mention? Yes, absolutely. So we had, uh, I worked with a gentleman who, mm-hmm. who was really challenged with how to, him and his, his marriage wasn't working, going in the direction that, I, that he would like it to be. They were on the, on the position, on the verge of pretty much having a, it falling all apart and maybe even heading into divorce. Okay. And one of the things that I, that he learned as we worked together was the frame that he was putting around everything was really based on his experiences and what he, what he assumed that she was thinking and assumed that was happening in, in, in the, in the marriage. And part of that comes because we, as men don't understand and don't know how to have crucial conversations. I like to call them the conversations that, that are important that we feel that we're, that, that when our needs are not being addressed. And this is something really that I find so common with a lot of men that I work with is that we feel that if we just give of ourselves, then it should just naturally come back. And that's not always going to be the case because the challenge is, is that our, what we're married to, to people who have their own life experiences and their interpretation of what giving and receiving is, is different than what ours is. And so as he and I started to work together, he started to recognize that if he could just take that opportunity now and just be brave and have a conversation with his wife about what his needs are and for the relationship, more so than just talking about needs from the bedroom perspective, but needs in the, in the relationship. You know, for men, we always we want to know that we're that we're heard and respected. You know that we have that we bring value to our relationship. The moment that he could start to articulate that, she started to realize just how much, how just how disconnected they were. Now they were able to work through some things, and they're continued to working on it today. But I can tell you, the conversations that we have today show that he and his, and his wife now have much better conversations than they've ever had before. They're on the path towards growing as a couple. And I think those are the types of things that really show how when we lean into who we are as men, then we can bring more passion, purpose. We, become, we can stand in a place of power where we are able to lead our families. And he's, he's one example that, I'm, that I really enjoy because it's not something that we generally talk a lot about with, uh, you know, it's guys is talk about our, about how our relationships are. And, and I think it's one that was worthwhile for people they can learn about. Understood. Understood. So um, also like uh, in your journey, you have interacted with various people and uh, learned from the mentors and developed your own insights. So are there any quotes or books or maybe individuals who have particularly influenced your path to the wisdom and the purpose? Oh, absolutely. I think the the biggest influence I've had in my life has been with Jack Canfield, you know, 20, almost 30 years now. I, uh, I read his, uh, I picked up his CD, his, well, it wasn't CDs even, it was that long ago. It was cassette tape. So oh. that just goes to show you how old I am. And he had a six set, to a six tape set called self-esteem and peak performance. Oh. And what it was really all about was Jack was really he- helping us understand the, how the stories we tell ourselves shape mm. who we, th- or what we think life is all about. 
And Jack at the time was very big on doing work with self-esteem, especially in the schools and in the prison work to, to help reduce recidivism, which is the, is, which is what happens when, when, when people are repeatedly going back and back into the prison system. And so what I learned from there is I learned that just how afraid I was, how afraid I was to take a, take a chance. And then that the impact of the, of the divorce and the, and the, and the bankruptcy was really limiting who I am. And so he really helped to open me up to other things. And so Jack was a first, was a first big one. The next one that, that really touched on is, is work by John Maxwell and his 21 year freedom laws of leadership or it's one of the classic books that I continue to go back to. And, and the third author is uh, Og Mandino and his books, uh, 120 page, 150 page books that are, you know, really inspiring and uh, really love Og's work. Understood. Mm. Got it. So um, like what's next on your journey? Like, are there any upcoming projects or the initiatives that our listeners would should know about? Yeah, absolutely. Right now we're just winding down this year. So I teach, I run a men's mentorship group. So right now we're winding down the 2023 calendar year. And uh, one of the things that we do is we do, it's an opportunity for reflection. And so we're getting ready here. We're reflecting on what, how 2023 has transpired for us. It gives us also the foundation to build on what we're going to be working on for next year. And so next year with the band of brothers, our group mentorship program, we're really looking at reaching, I'm changing over the, the program program is going to be much more. We're going to take aspects of our hero's quest program and embed them into the, into the band of brothers where we're really going to dive deep and really unpull out from these, these guys, what it is that they truly desire in all aspects of their life and to get them set up for a purposeful mission 2024. And so we're going to work together as a group, each of us with our own mission and give opportunity for us to be able to, re- to bring and report to each other, just how we're progressing and be able to work together as a team. So I'm so looking forward to being able to, to, uh, you know, bring, present this to the, to the group. And it doesn't really matter when you pop, pop in, if you happen to come in in January, great. If you come in in March, that's fine. If you come in October, whenever, whenever it is that you're looking to come where it's an opportunity for you to start, a, start really diving into understanding and unpacking your entire life I believe that we are here as whole individuals. And so let's look at our life from all different angles. True. Definitely. Definitely. Great. Uh, so uh, before we wrap up, like, uh, like, uh, I mean, you, uh, if, if you could also share the key takeaway or the piece of advice for anyone looking to cultivate the resilience, uh, rediscover their life's mission and also live a life of purposeful action. Absolutely. I think the first thing I would ask uh, for everyone to do is to really look at, to make sure that you are in alignment with what you, with what you think, with what you say, and with what you do. And if you can be in alignment in those three aspects, then you will be able to live a purposeful life. And purposeful life doesn't mean that you may be the president of United States or whatever, you know, be a superstar somewhere, but living purposeful, meaning that when you can get in alignment with those three aspects of your life, then each and every moment you will live life with intention and the intention will have, will guide you towards ultimately what, what you're trying to achieve. What we're all looking to achieve is really 
achieving our destiny. And so I look forward to having, to working with anybody that's interested in getting into that kind of an alignment with their lives and to be able to see them achieve the things that they are looking to achieve in their life. That's, that's really lovely. So uh, great. Uh, like, thank you for joining and this enlightening journey. And um, we definitely have witnessed the transformative power of resilience, wisdom, and the purposeful action. So from the pinnacle of the Olympic success to the depths of loss and near misses, uh, Alan's experiences have definitely shared and shaped him into a beacon of inspiration and the mentorship for the others. So uh, as we conclude this episode, we remind we are reminded that our life's challenges, no matter how daunting or can be uh, overcome with the right mindset and a commitment to living authentically. So Alan's journeys uh, teaches us that true wisdom emerges not just through experience, but through the conscious alignment of our experiences with a profound sense of purpose. And the return of the king is more than just a plan. It's a blueprint for those who aspire to live with the passion, purpose, and the power. So it also reminds us that in the face of adversity, we can uncover the hero within and also embark on a life-changing quest. So we invite you, to reflect on Alan's inspiring words and to consider the impact of his teachings on your own path. So we hope that you too are also inspired to live an authentic and purposeful life. So thank you for joining us on this journey and stay tuned for more empowering stories and insights on the healthy mind and healthy life. Thank you so much.